All right, well, welcome to our Wednesday night Bible study. Glad that you have joined with us. We are in the uh, book of 2 Kings, the fifth chapter. We've been reading the story of Naaman. Naaman. Naaman was a commander of the army of the king of Aram, a group that uh, Israel was fighting with all the time. And we're going to read more about fighting. They would constantly going at each other. <clears throat> Very strange, dysfunctional world. But anyway, um, uh, this was a time, you know, it's just strange. These people, they would like get along with each other, but yet they had this certain amount of decor and professionalism amongst each other. And, uh, you know, they hated each other. They were fighting each other all the time. But Naaman gets sick and he hears that there's a uh, prophet in Israel who can heal him. So the king of Aram sends a letter to the king of Israel and says, hey, if you don't mind, could you please have your prophet pray for this guy? I thought you hated each other, you know, but they're, it's just weird. They're all nuts, these people. So anyway, they, he sends them over and the king of Israel says, how am I supposed to heal him? He gets all upset and Elijah says, hey, he's talking about me. Bring him here and I will deal with it. So uh, Elisha or, or Naaman comes, this great warrior. I mean, he's like the head Ho Chi Mama guy in uh, the king of Aram, and he shows up, and he's asking for help, which in and of itself had to be humiliating to him. If there's one thing a lot of men have got to share, honestly, is that we don't really like getting help. We certainly don't like asking for help. That's why a lot of men would rather die than ask for directions. If you keep going round and round the world enough times, you'll eventually hit what you're looking for. You know, so, but, but it's not just directions, it's just in life, generally, we don't like coming for help. I, a man always gets my attention when a man wants to come see me. Boy, you get my attention quick. You get in the door real fast. Don't dress up like a man if you're a woman. But, uh, <laughs> but women, women want to see me all the time. They want to talk. They want to talk. How can I help? But a man, it's tough. It's hard for them. Oftentimes, their wives, girlfriends, moms, nannies, whatever, drag them in here to see me, and you can see the angst and misery upon their faces. It's not that they're wicked people, ladies. It's just they're men. We hate asking for help. It's just the way that we are wired. Sadly, my gentleman friend, we need help. Right? I mean, if there's one thing, God looked at Adam, made Adam was thrilled with his creation of Adam. And the next thing we see is God saying, you know, this guy needs some help. <laughs> I mean, from the get-go, we needed help. So God created these wonderful creatures called women to help us. Thank God for women in our lives. And they've been helping us for ever since. Uh, and it's, a, it's, it's true. It's true. Thank God for it. They come in such cute packages too. But they, they help us. And uh, statistically speaking, men who marry uh, tend to succeed more in life than those who don't. Uh, married men live longer. They are healthier. Uh, they have less disease. They have, there's, I mean, they make more money. Did I say money, money already? You know, I mean, it's, it's amazing. One of the most dangerous things, statistically speaking, is for a man to remain single. It's the equivalent of smoking two and a half packs of cigarettes a day. Isn't that amazing? The worst would be a single guy who smokes two and a half packs of cigarettes a day. The guy's doomed. You know what I'm saying? But married men succeed better. And they, they're trying to figure it out. You know, why is that? Why is that? We can't figure it out. You know, because especially because so many people are so anti-marriage today. But the, the stats do not lie. Men succeed better in life and do better when a woman is there. Why? Because at some level, men, we need help. 
Okay, so let me encourage you, despite the male tendency to not want to ask for help, get help when you need it. It's fine. All right? And if the helper in your life, which is usually that woman, says you need to get some help, listen to the girl. Somebody say amen. amen. I thought the ladies would be on a, hey, Matt, go ahead and preach it. You know. <laughs> Where were you guys? If the girl says you need some help, get some help. She's the helper creature in your life. At some point, she's saying, you know, even I can't deal with this. So go talk to somebody and get some help. And don't be arrogant snots, boys. Come on, man up. If the girl thinks you need some help, at least head in that direction. Come help. Call me, Lathan, whoever you need, whatever guy you think can help, and, and get some input. It won't be the end of the world. Having said all that, it is still incredible. Who plays with this thing? It's a concrete floor. It cannot warp. Can concrete warp? It's like every time I come up here, it's a different... You know I have the intention span of a fly. I think it's wobbling. I can't think. Oh, I think it's, it's wobbling. It's wobbling. I'm trying to talk. It's wobbling. It's wobbling. The whole time I just talked, for the last five minutes, all I heard in my head is, it's wobbling. It's wobbling. It's wobbling. <laughs> oh, that's pretty hard for me to talk while I'm thinking, wobble, 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 wobble. But man, need some help. There, I can think now. <laughs> so having said all that, amen, she said, shut up. All right. <laughs> so having said all that, at least to, you know, sometimes it just helps to admit what we struggle with, men. But this is true of everybody. Just knowing and admit you have a hard time with it actually helps you do what you have a hard time with. Does that make any sense? You know, if the girl in your life is saying, hey, go get some help, instead of just getting mad about it, which will be your number one response, just say, you know, that's hard for me. I'm a man, we hate getting help. And just at least saying it, you have no idea. If you would just say that, that in and of itself, at least somewhere in your brain, you heard yourself say why you feel the way you feel, and then it's easier to get some help. But it is what, what it is, and just me talking about this isn't going to change how you feel about it. You're still not going to like it. I'm just encouraging you should, you should do it. Uh, having said that, this very tough man, this is no girly man, okay? This is when you are the head guy in an army. Now, you're talking bullet army, okay? Even a girly man like me can compete in a bullet army because all I've got to do is have a pretty good aim, right? All right, I am a pretty good shot, actually. So, you know, that I can compete. But this is way before bullets. This is mano y mano, brawn against brawn. These are tough men. When you are the toughest hombre of all of these guys, you are one tough dude, right? So you can imagine this guy didn't look like me, all right? <laughs> and I mean, he was a butt-kicking man. And for him to come get help, that is hard. But remember now, he's coming to get help from whom? Israel, the people they are warring with constantly. So it's even more humiliating. He's got to go to get some help from people he doesn't like in the first place. So he comes. He comes and he knocks on the door of this prophet Elijah. He expects Elisha to show him some respect. Right? Come to the door, speak 
sprinkle me with fairy dust, whatever it is you people do, and let's move on. Well, Elisha doesn't answer the door. His servant says, hey, this dude's at the door. Elisha says, ah, just tell him to go jump in the Jordan River, River and watch himself seven times and he'll be fine. Well, the guy is furious. He went away angry. He said, man, I am so ticked off. I cannot believe this guy. So he's going off in a fit of rage because he didn't like what he heard, which is a whole nother little sermonette. Let me go off on that for a psycho minute. <laughs> and this applies to everybody. I'm stunned at how often people will come to me or to anybody for help. What should I do? And we say, this is what you do, and you just get mad. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. Stupid idea. I hate this idea. I don't want to do it. Well, then why are you coming to talk to us? And I promise you, you only get a couple of those passes with me. You come back the second time, did you do it? No, I didn't want to do it. You think I'm going to keep meeting with you? You are delirious. And the truth of the matter is our whole church staff ought to have that thing. Everybody. I mean, if you're ministering to somebody, you give them two, three times, and they will not do what you want. Because I'm telling you, there's some people who just love to come and suck your brains. Anybody ever run into these people? Don't raise your hand. They just like to come and talk. I need help. I need help. You spend all this time going, blah, 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 blah. And they like the attention. I get you like the attention to help. Everybody likes that at some level. But hello, you're not going to do what we ask of you to do to get it right. At some point, we're going to quit talking to you. Why? We have things to do. We have lives. We have wives, children, families, friends, ministries. There's lots of other people around. Don't be like these guys who come asking for help, and the prophet says, this is what you ought to do, and he gets mad. I ain't going to do that, stupid prophet. <laughs> oh, good grief. Well, then why did you come ask for help? But I, look, I know what it is. <laughs> the reason you're having a problem is because you're doing something wrong. Now, I know this is a shocker to people, okay? But the reason you're having a problem is more than likely you're doing something wrong. Now, you may not be able to see what that is. And by coming to talk to someone, someone will say, well, you know, I'm not you and I can see from a distance and it seems pretty clear to me that this is what you're doing that's wrong. And then we get mad because we don't want to quit doing what we're doing. At the end of the day, everybody likes doing what they do. They just don't like the result. Right? And you know, the definition of insanity is to keep doing the same thing and expecting a different result. Well, by that definition, most people I know are crazy. Because we all like what we do. That's why we do it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, right? If we didn't like what we do, we wouldn't do it. So we all love what we do. We like how we handle our day. We like to look at the things we look at. We like to read the things we want to read. We like to talk to people the way we talk to them. We like all the things. It's the way we approach life. But at some point, if your life starts to stink, you've got to do something different. You might have to actually take a bath. I don't want to take a bath. I just want to quit stinking. 
Well, we can't help you with that. Okay, there's not enough to fix your reeking. Is this making sense to anybody? Come and say, I really stink every, every time. I, every, I walk in every room and it smells. And when I go like this, it smells even worse. What is wrong with these rooms? And it's every room I go into. They all stink, especially when I reach up for something. It's like, what is wrong with these rooms? Well, you may not see that clearly. But someone who is not you might go, well, Bob, when was the last time you took a bath? What do you mean? Well, you probably stink because you haven't cleaned. I'm going to talk to a different pastor. <laughs> stupid. Stupid pastors. I listen to stupid pastors. I'm going to go jump. There's a reason things are all the way. What's okay is that you're struggling. What's okay is that you don't know the reason. Have you ever? I mean, I've been that in, in, in my life many times. On a frequent basis, oftentimes, I'm dealing with struggles. That's clearly I'm not doing something quite right. And I need to come and get some help. What do you guys think? I sit and talk with this man frequently. Lathan, what am I doing wrong? Okay, we, I don't always like the answer either, just like you, you know. But at some point, you have to bounce out because somebody else can see it clearly. But you've got to listen. There's a reason things are the way they are. <laughs> oh, stupid pastor. It's okay. Well, I never finished the thought. It's okay. <laughs> I don't know why any of you people come here. It's okay that your life stinks. It's okay if you don't know why your life stinks. But it's not okay if people keep telling you why your life stinks and you won't change. That's not okay. If you reek, welcome to the family. The church of the reekers. I'll be the patron saint. Saint Ricky. All right? If your life stinks, okay. We've all been there. And if you don't know why, that's okay. We've all been there. But when the path is clearly shown to you how to fix the problem, you need to pay attention. You need to deal with a problem. And I'm not kidding. If you keep coming back over and over and over again and you won't listen to us, we will stop talking to you. And that might make sense. I know some people get real mad. Those stupid people that don't love us. They go to some other pastor. Good. May they be blessed with your reeking. But you've got to deal with what you're doing. Somebody say amen. All right. Anyway, Naaman's mad. He's ticked off. He didn't like what he heard. Well, then Naaman's servant, who wasn't so emotionally attached, that would be someone like your spouse or some friend or something who sees you upset and say, why are you so upset? Maybe you ought to listen. Get away from me. Listen to people. So the servant who's not so close to the situation says, listen, if, and this is in verse 13, he says, if the prophet had told you to do something great, wouldn't you have done it? Well, yeah. 
I'm a man. I'm a manly man. And, and, and again, this is humiliating for him even to be there. And if he'd at least gotten some kind of big challenge, he'd have done it. But he said, well, how much more if he tells you to do something simple? Wash and be cleansed. Why don't you do that? So thankfully, while he wouldn't listen to the prophet, at least he listened to someone else who said, really, you should listen to the prophet. Okay? And then he went down and he dipped himself into the Jordan River seven times, just as the man of God had told him. And remember, he has leprosy. This is what his problem was. I don't know if I told you that. But then suddenly his flesh was restored and became clean like that of a young boy. Well, that's pretty dramatic. Splash once. Splash two. Splash three. And by the way, at some point, this is feeling really stupid. Splash again. This is so dumb. Stupid pastor told me to splash. I splashed four times and nothing's happened. Go to a different church. Splash again. This is so stupid. Splash again. <laughs> I'm so sick of this. You have no idea. Six times I splash. I'm splashed out. I don't think I can do this again. Honestly. Just do it again. Finally, the last splash, and he comes out. Whoa. He is miraculously healed. The advice, though he didn't like it, worked. The advice, even though he had to do it over and over and over and over and over and over and over again before it took finally took. Hallelujah. Well, then Naaman and all his attendants went back to the man of God. They're pretty impressed now. God has, he's just had a miracle done in his body. And he stood before the man of God, Elisha, and he says, now I know that there is no God in all the world except in Israel. Big statement for a man who fought Israel. And his job was to continually fight it. They keep fighting. We'll see as they go along here. Like these people never stop. Please now accept a gift from your servant. Let me, let me, let me give you something. Again, he's a man. We're men. We don't, we don't want to just go be for a free ride. And, and, and he felt like I, I should give you something in exchange for what you've just done for me. And the prophet answered, well, as surely as the Lord lives whom I serve, I will not accept a thing. Even though Naaman urged him, please take something. But Elisha refused. Well, if you will not, said Naaman, then, then please let me, your servant, be given as much earth as a pair of mules can carry. Kind of an interesting request. Can I just have some of the dirt from around here? For your servant will never again make a burnt offering or sacrifice to any other god but your God, the Lord. So what he wanted was to take as much dirt as he could so that every time he would pray, he would step off of the dirt of his homeland and step onto the dirt of the land of Israel and worship God and do this as respect unto God. Kind of a cool thing, huh? 
And then he asks for a little bit of grace. He says, but may the Lord forgive your servant for this one thing. When my master enters the temple of Rimmon, which is this false god, this idolatry thing, and I have to go with him, and he bows down. He's leaning on my arm, and I have to bow down too. When I, when I do that, may the Lord please forgive me for this. And that's what he's saying is, I acknowledge God. I'm going to serve God. I am going to step. But sometimes I'm going to be put into a situation that, you know, uh, makes me be something that might be disrespectful uh, to God. And, you know, would God have a hard time with that? And Elisha said to him, no, go in peace. God can handle that. Now, there's a little lesson in there as well. Um, now, you need to be careful with it. You can't just be getting into situations where you are blatantly sinning, but oftentimes you're put into situations where uh, you feel like just being there is a compromise. I think a lot of you have been there. You know what I'm talking about? Usually this affects us in work situations, which is in essence what he's describing here. This is his job. And he's in a work situation where he has to go into a pagan temple with pagans and when the king bows, he's got to help him bow, and then he himself winds up bowing. It's not his heart. He doesn't want to do it. He's not comfortable with it. But would God grace me out on this? Elijah said, no problem. That's cool. Okay, and I know people who they get into jobs where they work around heathens who curse their little brains out all day long. And some, I know some Christians who have a real hard time with this. You know, or, and now, at some point, it gets so bad, really, you just need to try and find another job. You know, and it's not that you can't take whatever rights you have if you feel like uh, people, men, are speaking to you in sexual ways that are unacceptable. Go to your boss. You know, there's laws against that kind of thing. Well, don't we just have to take it as Christians? No, we don't, especially when there's laws backing us. Read Paul the Apostle how many times he used the law to tell people to stick it. You remember reading the book of Acts? I mean, the one time he gets pulled in front of the, the Sanhedrin and... And uh, the, the chief priest said, slap that guy. And he slapped him. And Paul said, God's going to slap you someday, you big fat jerk. Ooh, Paul, that's not very Christian. But he knew that what he had done was wrong. Another time, Paul got arrested. They beat the snot out of him. The next day, he said, okay, now you can go. Paul said, I ain't going anywhere. I'm a Roman citizen. You just had me flogged without a trial. Well, they all freaked. <laughs> they didn't know he was a Roman citizen. No one bothered to ask. Well, they knew they'd be in serious trouble. And I'm sure who it was, he was Silas or Barnabas, it was probably saying, come on, Paul, let's get out of here, man. They're letting us go, I ain't going anywhere. You tell them to come down here and ask me to go. <laughs> well, that's not very Christian. Apparently it is. <laughs> because they all came and said, we're so sorry. <laughs> and Paul went, all right then. And he left. it's okay for Christians to stand up for yourselves. It's okay for you to, you know, you don't have to be treated like doormats and stuff. And if you're in an environment that's, you know, just over the line, just start praying and ask God to get you another job, you know. But it's okay if you work around heathens and pagans who don't know God and don't love God and act in disgusting ways. It's okay. Now, a lot of people say to me, oh, if I could just work for a church. If I could just work for a church, that would be the most wonderful thing in the world. That's the greatest desire of my heart. If I could just work with Christians all day long. 
<laughs> These are the people who don't last around here more than six months. They can't stand it! Mostly become, because they come in with over, uh, over-exaggerated expectations. You know, like what we do around here is we all, f- we don't walk, actually. We, you can't see my feet because of all these stupid flowers, but... Uh, <laughs> It's as my feet are not touching the ground and I merely float <laughs> from place to place, because this is what we do. We are Christians. We float. And they really think that's what we do. And then they come and they go, oh my gosh, you walk. And you walk very badly. And they get mad and they get upset. The pastor was, he was short with me. He was, what? I thought we were with Christians. Well, you know what? Sometimes Christians can be jerks. Even I, as hard as that is to comprehend, am a big fat stinking jerk. It doesn't make it right. I said this once, you just said it's okay for you to be. I never said it's okay for me to be this way. I'm just telling you, I am. What do you do? But I repent, just like you. Assuming you repent. And move on. I ask people to forgive me. I've asked almost everyone who's ever worked with me or for me at one time to forgive me. <laughs> because I am a big fat butt sometimes. All right? I'm not justifying it. just it is. Okay? But people who come and think, oh, well, we're going to church. I got us up on something. Christians! You know, these are the people. If you ever meet somebody like that who thinks like that when you're dating them, get away from them. Because <laughs> these are the people who think that once you're married, it will be glorious and you will float <laughs> around the house because we're married and he loves me and we will float. He ain't going to float, okay? The reason so many people are miserable in marriage and working in church and everything else is because of these insanely unrealistic expectations. Well, I don't even know what I'm talking about. What am I talking about? <laughs> oh, he was talking about I got to work with these heathens. All right, so better to work with heathens when you understand that it, what it is. Don't be thinking that, gee, God will be upset if I work with this. It'll be fine. And trust me, you don't want to work for me or whatever just you know has anyone you know what I'm talking about have you ever talked to someone who works for, for a church or a Christian organization how mad they get later and say I thought I was working for Christians have you ever heard this this happens all the time why because they're little nuts they have these unrealized expectations you know you need to tell them to chill a little bit anyway Elijah said don't worry about it it's cool so after Naaman had traveled some distance Gehazi Gehazi was the servant of Elijah, the man of God. He was the manservant. The manservant of Elijah. And he says to himself, my master was way too easy on Naaman, this Aramean, by not accepting from him what he bought, brought. As surely as the Lord lives, I will run after him and get something from him. And it was Elijah, dude, what are you doing? He's offering you moolah, cash, money, 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 money. You know, everybody likes. Well, you don't just turn down money. 
Money changes things. Indeed, it does. People who are the sweetest people in the world suddenly turn very crazy when it becomes about money. Why? Because money is a corrupter. It's the ring of power for all you Lord of the Ring fans. It's my precious. If I can just have my precious. It shines. Ooh, ooh, I love my precious. The problem is the precious tends to corrupt, tends to rot, tends to make people a little crazy. And they start doing things they wouldn't normally do. Some of the sweetest people in the world lose it when it becomes about money. One of the quickest things in the world that make people go crazy in churches, and we just came through just an icky time back in December and January. By the way, things are fabulous now, thank God. Peace, the church is doing better than ever, and the place has been packed out, and it's been fabulous, and lives are getting changed, and it's all glorious, despite the prophecies of our impending doom. But what made people so crazy? My precious, my precious, the money, what about the money? People go crazy. Man, you need to determine in your heart, don't ever go there. Don't ever go there. It's not, don't let money make you crazy. And it's all, it's good to have accountability and all this kind of stuff and openness and we all try to be open. But man alive, people who are some of the sweetest people in the world, as soon as they start to doubt your motives around money and the way the money is handled and how much money you have and how much money you pay yourself, which is not very much from the church on my end. I've been working for a few months without any salary from the church. I hope that ends quickly. Now, I also have other salary that, from the laugh away thing that I do, but still, you know, I don't know a lot of people who like to work for nothing. Why would you do it? Because to me, it's never been about the precious. Okay? How much money and who gets this? And what's it? Why are you doing? How you just They turn into orcs. You got to see the movie. It's cool. Crazy and mad and angry people who said a few days before they loved you, all of a sudden hate you. Ask very many questions about those who have left, not just this church, but almost any church. And 90% of the time, It'll boil down to questions about the money, the precious, my precious. (laughs) Someone said there's too much pollen in the air up here. It's these flowers. They're making me crazy. All right, so next Wednesday night, we'll pick it up here. And we'll talk about how this precious corrupts Gehazi and what happens as a result. So we'll pick it up again next Wednesday.